Laudator Jesus Christus. Greetings, this is Father Nathan Dale, coming to you from All Saints Catholic Church, Friday, March 27th. Today I would like to talk about living in the truth. There's nothing harder, I think, for us human beings than to live in the truth, because Jesus Christ is the truth incarnate. He's the Logos made flesh. And if you ever want to know what the world thinks about the truth, look at a crucifix. That's what we did to the truth. Now, why do I bring this up? A couple reasons. Great movie just came out called A Hidden Life, and you can rent it now on YouTube, Amazon, um, anywhere on the internet. One of the most powerful movies. It's a long one, three hours long, but it's a, it's a one of the greatest proclamations of a an individual Catholic who ref who refuses to betray his conscience. His name is Franz Jagerstadter, and he lived in Austria uh, when Hitler came to power. And of his entire village up in this mountain, um, even the priest, the bishop, all the Catholics there, everyone swore an oath to Hitler, knowing that what he was doing was evil. Franz refused, and he refused uh, the price of his wife and his children and ultimately his, his life. Um, it's a very touching and uh, heart-wrenching story about what happens when an individual refuses to betray his conscience so as to go along. And especially what is the response of the world? Because Jesus says, you are a light in the darkness. First, Christ came as a light in the darkness, right? He said in John chapter 1, But this is the judgment. The light came into the world. But men chose the darkness. They preferred darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their works were evil. So anyone who comes into the light is exposed. That's why we prefer the darkness. But that's also why when we see other people living in the truth... It's immediately a conscience exam for us. Anyone who goes to Mass on Sunday and they're around other people who do not go to Mass, they're immediately going to be put down, right? Because you're a light to those who are not living in the light that conversion is necessary. Now, this ties into our first reading today on Friday, the fourth week of Lent. I'm just going to read it to you. It's from Wisdom, and this is in reference to Christ. The wicked said among themselves, thinking not aright, let us beset the just one, because he is obnoxious to us. He sets himself against our doings, reproaches us for the transgressions of the law, and charges us with the violations of our training. He professes to have knowledge of God and styles himself a child of the Lord. To us he is the censure of our thoughts. Merely to see him is a hardship for us because his life is not like that of others, and different are his ways. So because he's different, he immediately reveals the need for conversion, which is why it's so hard for them to see him. He judges us debased. He holds aloof from our past as from things impure. He calls blessed the destiny of the just and boasts that God is his father. This is kind of from their point of view of the Pharisees and why they wanted to kill him. Let us see whether his words be true. Let us find out what will happen to him. 
For if the Lord, if the just one be the Son of God, he will defend him and deliver him from the hands of his foes. With revilement and torture let us put him to the test, that we may have proof of his gentleness and try his patience. Let us condemn him to a shameful death, for according to his own words God will take care of him. These were their thoughts, but they erred, for their wickedness blinded them. Wickedness always blinds the intellect. When we sin, we become darkened. Right? Um, that's just a philosophical truth. And they knew not the hidden counsels of God. Neither did they count on a recompense of holiness, nor discern the innocent soul's reward. Right? And so this uh, is in reference to Christ, who the Pharisees put to death, um, principally out of envy because they saw that he was living a truth and Christ would always call him out on this. You follow the law, but it's, I see that you have no love for God in your heart. You know, you see it. You're not really living the truth here. Um, and because of that, they want to exterminate him. Now, this really comes down to um, Matthew 23, when Christ says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would have not taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. So you think about how easy for us it is to say, well, if I had lived in the time of slavery, I would have never supported it, right? If I lived in the South um, or... If I lived in, in Germany in the times of the Nazi uprise, I would have, I wouldn't have sworn that oath to Hitler. Well, the truth is some 80, like 89 or 92% of all Germans swore the oath. So for me to think that I wouldn't have been part of that would be presumptuous, especially priests and bishops. The reason Hitler was able to do what he did is because so many bishops went along with him. Of their own broken uh, motives, they went along with it. So even as a priest or a bishop, it's far easier for us to go along with evil because we're afraid of the consequences of living in the truth. Uh, but it's always when we're looking at a different time when we would say, oh, I would have been different. Well, how hard is it for us now to talk against the errors of homosexuality, same-sex marriage, of abortion, of contraceptives, of living together outside of marriage, of divorce. Um, what about relativism? How many times do we hear ourselves saying, well, every religion is salvific. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic. Or it doesn't matter if you're, you're Protestant or Muslim or if you're an atheist. Like if you're a good person, you go to heaven. Well, those are the ideas that are in our world right now. And to go against that is to be a light in the darkness. And what wisdom is saying is that we will, the just ones, suffer for speaking the truth because they become a conscious exam for those who are not living in it. Right? Um, so John's, uh, Franz Jagerstatter in this movie Hidden Life is an incredible testimony to living in the truth. And he had to lose everything because of that. Uh, and I want to play one scene from you, for you from the movie to end this. Um, he is talking with a man who's in a church who's painting. He's a sculptor, so he's painting all these different images of the saints and Christ in the church. 
and I'll, I'll give a quick read through of what he says in case you can't hear it, but then I want to play it because I want you to hear it for yourself. It's very profound, but he says, I paint the, the tombs of the prophets. I help people look up from the pews and dream. They look up and they imagine that if they lived back in Christ's time, they wouldn't have done what others did. They would have murdered those, but they would have murdered those they now adore. I paint all this suffering, but I don't suffer myself. I make a living of it. What we do is just create sympathy. We create admirers. We don't create followers. Isn't that amazing? How many Catholics out there just admire the prophets, admire Christ on his cross? And yet it's so difficult for us to truly follow him on the cross. So Christ's life is a demand. We don't want to be reminded of it. So we don't have to see what happens to the truth. But a darker time is coming when men will be more clever. They won't fight the truth. They'll just ignore it. I paint their comfortable Christ with a halo over his head. How can I show what I haven't lived? Someday I might have the courage to venture, not yet. Someday I'll paint the true Christ. So this, this painter and sculptor is just very honest. He says, I know what I'm doing here. I'm just painting images of to make people feel good. But how hard is it when we actually incarnate the truth within ourselves, when we speak the truth to others, when we live the truth in ourselves? Um, that's when we become a sign of contradiction, and that's when the world will truly revolt against us. So Saint Augustine said that the whole world is divided into two um, two cities: the cities of God and the city of man. And the city of God is composed of those who love heaven and God so much that they're willing to sacrifice their relationship with this world in order to preserve their soul for eternity. And the city of man is those who love this world so much that they're willing to sacrifice heaven to maintain relationship here. And the sad part about Histories that we see in, in the Pharisees and the scriptures in Nazi Germany and slavery and abortion, contraceptives. It's far easier to just follow the ways of the world, to not stand apart, to do what everybody else does so that we don't have to feel the pain of being different. But every time we look at a crucifix and we see this is what happens to truth. And But Christ, what's so beautiful about Christ and, and Franz Jagerstadter in this film is that they never become embittered. They don't become judges of others. They don't point their fingers at others. Right? They just live in the truth and they love. Franz says so many times, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just telling you what I can't do. It's wrong for me to swear this oath, to go along with this. And I'm not here to judge you. I'm just telling you what I can't do. I can't lie. And Christ, even unto death, he remained absolute love. He never became, he never lost uh, his patience and passion for the Pharisees, for even the thieves on the cross. He was ready to forgive and to bring into his kingdom anybody, even to the last moment of that good thief repenting. Right? So that's the other thing. If you're ever persecuted for speaking the truth, don't let it corrupt your heart. Remain in love. Remain in patience. Pray for those who persecute you. Love those who hate you. Right? So 
that's the other um, extreme is speaking the truth, but then doing it in a militaristic way that makes us angry and dark and bitter against those who are not living it. And that's not the way either. We're supposed to live in the truth and love unto death, um, never allowing our hearts to become embittered. So the bishop has asked today, Friday, be a day of fasting and abstinence and prayer uh, for the end of the coronavirus. So just remember, like the reason that we fast, um, if the only fast that we're doing is not eating meat, you know, a few Fridays out of the year, that's not really going to make us feel the suffering uh, that Christ experienced on 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 friday right that's why we fast on fridays to enter into his suffering to allow his pain um he gave his flesh for us on the cross and in the in the holy eucharist so us fasting on fridays is a way to offer our flesh back to him as a gift of love so pray the stations of the cross if you can especially if you're at home with your family find it online pray the stations together and fast today in a special way for all those affected by the coronavirus especially those who um, aren't able to receive the sacraments at this time i'm going to end this uh session with playing that clip from the movie a hidden life and this clip is about 36 minutes into the film a couple minutes long and I really recommend if you like a good movie it's a three almost three hour movie it's long it's very slow but it draws you in very powerfully uh, a hidden life tells the story of Franz Jagerstad it's a great movie for Lent especially in this time of you know uh, remaining more in our house houses at this time um, hidden life is a beautiful for reflection for this Lent all right here I'll play the movie now
someday I might have the courage to venture. Not yet. Someday I'll... I'll paint the true Christ. <laughs> <laughs>